Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the New Way of Life podcast. Today we're out in studio in Medina at Kathy's house. Um, and the guy we're recording today, I met last year, um, but I've heard his name a while, him and his wife's. And I actually, same with his wife, I knew her way before I knew actually met her. And I would send people to her to get uh, treatment and help um, long before that. And, and Randy's here with us in studio. Say hi, Randy. Hi, guys. <laughs> Um, he's actually a good friend of John's, um, probably how I met John, I'd assume, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and works with him on some projects. Um, actually did part of this house. Everything the light touches, I've fixed. Okay. Yeah. So it's working halfway, halfway. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, uh, yeah, real happy to have John here tell his story and a little bit about his, uh, experience, strength and hope. Um, and John, you know, go ahead and take it off, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for asking me to do this and for coming out here. It's pretty cool. This thing's pretty cool. Hopefully. Yeah, this Kathy's house is pretty cool, dude. You guys are doing a lot of big things and helping a lot of people. You've grown how much in the last year? Oh, uh, probably 120%. 120%, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And I will just note this, Kathy's house is a male-only house. It's a little misleading, dude. Yeah. I might want to call it like, uh, you know, Tony's house maybe, something. Wow. I mean, John's house, you know. Um, <laughs> so, no. No, no, no. John's no. house. <laughs> no. Maybe not John. Yeah, something. No. Well, it's been Kathy's house for like, this is the 24th year. So yeah. it's been a long, long time. And Yeah, I remember right out of high school hearing about it. And uh, you would think by the name it was like a, a woman's shelter or something. But no, it's not. It's all men. All men. Right now. <laughs> for now. Right, right. All men for now. <laughs> <laughs> Only. All the time. <laughs> All right, man. We uh, we're gonna have some fun. But yeah, just tell us, man. You know about your story. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm John, and I am a person in long term recovery. And I think, you know, we we have the words, and you guys know this. Like, you know, inside the rooms of of the program, we say alcoholic and addict, and outside we we say person in recovery because it's like so stigmatizing, right? Like yes. out, out in the world, like I, I, I introduce myself now as like I'm someone in, in long-term recovery because it just doesn't carry that weight that alcoholic right, does. Right. Yeah. And like a term of endearment inside the rooms is used against us yeah. out, outside. Right. And so I'm very, very careful to, to use, use those words properly. Um, but at the same point, and I, I, when, I, when I get to talk, like I talk a lot about that word like alcoholic or or addict and in the way that that we use it inside the recovery space of like how powerful that is right because right. like i remember there was a time where it was like i think i think i am i could be you know everybody there's a lot of people that are telling me like <laughs> i have a problem but like for me to use those words like remember that that first meeting i went to and i was like 21 years old sitting there in a room of, of dudes who were like older than my dad <laughs> and just like, you know, just like, yeah, I, I, I think I'm an alcoholic. And like, that was as close as I, I came to it. Right. And now it's like, there's just, there's just such power. There's just such power in that. Well, and I think once you realize like that's where the power and, and strength to, to move on without it comes from, like, I was embarrassed to say it for years. You know, you jokingly say it like, oh, yeah, I am an alcoholic. I had right. 700 beers last night. Right. <laughs> but when you say it for the first time, when you mean it, it's there's strength in that. Yeah. Some surrender too, acceptance. Um, yeah. Yeah. That first step, you know, admitting you're powerless. That's 
pretty big deal, you know. Yeah, and like admitting you have a problem. Like I mean, right? So where I grew up, like, you know, I grew up in a nice, a nice home. Like yeah. here's I've there's so many stories. I grew up in a nice home. Like I really did. And like yeah, right. <clears throat> now that I'm a now that I'm a parent and like I have to run a home and like have have kids and stuff. Like I just have a different perspective it's on not it. as easy as it looks <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah it was not a it was not a bad place to, right, to right. be um you know we had the, the the typical typical family stuff I, I think one of the biggest things though is like the the no talk right like things would happen and there's just like no 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 discussing oh, we it. don't talk about that yeah right we don't we don't talk about that right. and it was um you know, i grew up in a really really conservative home Oh. Uh, Randy, Randy is flashing his gang sign. <laughs> um, I grew up in a in a really conservative home where it's like, you know, there was one way of life, and anything that was like outside the box was wasn't just wrong. It was like evil and and sinful and and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sinful. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever that meant right. at the time, right. and and that's where I, I mean that's what I grew up in. Yeah. And we went to church a lot because you know that makes you a good person if you, you just go to enough church. Oh, yeah. it's, sure, it's totally sure. fine. You can do whatever you want, <clears throat> and you know, and that's that's where I grew up and pretty pretty sheltered up until when I was like 12, 12 years old. You know, things started to change a little bit. Um, just in my life, I was a, I was adopted as a baby. Mm. Um, and like my family is off the boat from Italy. So I, I had this, like, just this, I don't know, this sense of just not fitting in. Um, and like we spoke Italian in my home. Like that oh. was, it was one of those, <laughs> one of those places. Oh. And it was, it was great. It, it was, it really was, it was, it was a lot of fun, but, um, you know, I was adopted and my, one of my best friends drowned when I was 12 at the uh, at the Strongsville Rec Center. What? <laughs> yeah, Man. yeah, and like that's a lot to go through, especially like again, super kind of sheltered private elementary school and stuff. Yeah, and going through all that and all those questions, and and then I went to like public school for Wait, a little bit. What are elementary school? Because my mom used to teach at St. Joe's. Wasn't that one? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she taught at Drake. No. Uh, but that's not private. You know? no. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I went to went to like public middle school for like oh, a year okay. and it was, oh. it was, it was rough. Like right. it was just culture shock, right? Seventh grade. So like, you know, grew up in Middleburg Heights. This and, is the nineties <clears> or no early 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Nineties, 2000. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seventh grade was just, was just tough. It was tough for me. Um, you know, I was exposed to all, all sorts of things and it didn't do well. So what the logical thing was, was to homeschool me. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, right. Just <laughs> keep them away out, from me. Right? Right? Keep them sheltered, yeah. dude, and then we'll just throw them out at 18. Yeah, time. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, and that, that went, that went okay. And again, like my, my parents, I, I really believe now, like, you know, we're all, we're all doing the best that we can exactly, with the cards man. that we yeah, have dealt and we right. all have our own, our own traumas and experiences that, that, that we bring into things. And, uh, I, I have a lot more grace for, for all of that in my past. Yeah. Um, but anyway, whatever. Went to high school and I was like a, I was a pretty troubled, troubled kid. I don't see it. Growing up. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I was a pretty, pretty troubled kid and there was like some underlying mental health and depression and oh, okay. self-harm and, and, and all of that stuff and started smoking weed with some people from church. You know, that's really... Church people? Oh, yeah. That's really all I... But that's all, all I knew, man. Like, I didn't... I don't know if you could say that. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Scrub that. No, no. And, and that's, a, that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, 
And I just remember it was just like that feeling of escape. And, you know, we, we talk about that all the time in the rooms. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not here to talk a drunk log, but that's where it started. Uh, I, you know, was a musician. So I used to write some songs and, and stuff. And uh, I remember my parents found, found those one day. And I was you know, oh in the guidance counselor's office and it was not good. And oh. I, I ended up going to counseling. And because of your music lyrics? Yes. Yes. Luckily, they didn't hang you. No, right. It was in a real, I mean, it was, it was like something that absolutely saved my life. Oh, really? During okay. that time. Yeah. Cause I was, I was pretty. Oh, you mean the music did? Or the, the counseling? finding it. Both. Oh, really? No shit. Both. Wow. I mean, the music was an outlet. I was yeah, already yeah. smoking weed and stuff. But right. like, I remember sitting in counseling and, and like that was like, something that really helped me talk through some of the things like mm. <clears throat> again yeah and I, I see this now it's like i question everything now like mm. i want i want to investigate like i want the data i want i want the evidence and even then you won't <clears throat> really believe it right yeah <laughs> yeah you always stay skeptical um and and so you know no stranger to counseling i, I did it most most of my life and yeah. i've been in and out as as needed mm -hmm. since since that time um but you know got older started drinking it's not a really impressive you know drinking story like <laughs> I, 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 if, if anyone wants to hear like the grand theft auto and prison sentences <laughs> and high-speed chases like that you're going to be disappointed right, right. i was a uh I was like a kamikaze drinker, I think, or like I had like the suicidal drinking tendency oh. that like alcohol touches my lips and it's, it's just game over. It's me to the floor. Like there's no, no one, <clears throat> no, no, there's definitely <laughs> no one. And there's not even like a good time. Like it's just yeah, yeah. how quickly can I become unresponsive? And that was early. That was early. Wow. Yeah. And early for me, was like 18. So, um, and and so everyone, so everyone went off to everyone that I knew, like went off to college right after high school. And I wanted to be a fireman and I was like, well, you know, I was doing some prescription pain meds in there too, a little bit. I was like, well, you can't like, you can't like be a full blown drug addict and be a firefighter. And you totally could. Right. Yeah, you, you can. You but, can. <laughs> it's not well, recommended. It's not, yeah, it's not right now. Especially you're going to have to get some doctor's notes and stuff. It's a lot of green, <laughs> red tape. Not, especially not starting out. Right. So like, I just like gave that up. You know, I just wasn't yeah. a, wasn't a thing. So I just started drinking um, and went to, went to fire school and mm -hmm. paramedic school and was, you know, I grew up, man. I grew up in the firehouse. Like I, I was no kidding. a paramedic yeah. since I was like 19, 19 years old. It's the only thing I, I, I knew I still the only thing I'm trained in how to do <laughs> and like, um, but yeah. And, and the drinking just got, it got worse because I was with people who were way older and most of my drinking was underage. Like I got sober at 21 and eight weeks old, man. Like I, I lasted eight weeks of being the legal, <laughs> the legal <laughs> drinking age. And like Need that, do something. <laughs> yes, that was it because man, I was in counseling this entire time. I still, I still stuck with it. And I was seeing this um, this older Southern woman. She was my, my counselor, and she was in the program. And she had like man, really? she had like thirty years or something. Wow! And like little did I know from the time I was like, well, like sixteen to twenty one, I was being twelfth stepped by her. <laughs> and That's like, awesome. yeah. and she's been paid for it, <laughs> yeah, right? And she'd always she started to ask those questions like, John, like if you're if you're not out of control, why do you feel the need to control it? And you know those things you just sit there and you're like, oh man, like stop, like yeah, don't use logic. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, those lose. It's those, it's those losing arguments, right? And you're just like, oh shit, 
Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, sounds like a good counselor. Yeah, and it, it was, and I was I was twelfth step that in entire time, um, and you know things just got worse and worse. I was the guy that was you know unresponsive under the table, dumped in the bushes, wandering off. You know, I'm I'm that guy. You know, and the life of the party until he's dead. Exactly, <laughs> and it wasn't like I thought. People were like, oh yeah, cool, John's coming. Like that's what I thought, and everyone's like, oh no, <laughs> we're gonna have to babysit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go. John's I, coming towards Great. the end. Towards the end, I didn't get too far because I was, like I said, I, I really, I really, I really hit it hard. Yeah. Um, and I think like towards the end, I knew, like I knew that I was drinking different. I knew in my head that I had a problem. I knew that I, I couldn't stop. And I had started to try and control it a little bit mm-hmm. and just be like, you know what, like, you know, switch drinks or yeah. maybe not today. And, no liquor. <clears throat> right. I may have to stop for a weekend <laughs> or whatever. And, you know, once I hit 21, it was just game over because, like, there's the access to it was just, yeah, I'm, I'm, everywhere. Yeah. And it was, you know, pretty well accepted. So mm-hmm. I, um, I just kept getting sicker and sicker and, like, you know, I, I tell the story now because I'm out, out of the business. But, like, we start IVs on each other when we went, went to drink. Well, so, yeah, so yeah. it started as, like, to get rid of a hangover. Right, right. Like, you start an IV on, on, on yourself. And then, like, when you're starting an IV before you go out, like, <clears throat> that's when you have. <laughs> what what did I understand what it does before? Hydration. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you just keep it going. It's there so you don't have a bunch of drunk dudes, <laughs> like, poking you with a needle. And, like, that's, that's, oh, where, yeah. that's where it ended up. It ended up for me. Um, wow. and you can only take so much. I, I really believe like for me, like I could only take so much. And what happened was, is the words of, of this counselor that was just in my head, you know, like when they say like AA ruins it for yeah. us, like yeah, you yeah. just hear like all of that mm-hmm. going on and on and on. And like, as I was like by myself and my like plead to whatever, like, mm-hmm. please don't let me die this time. Right. Please. I, <laughs> I just swear kept, I'll stop. Yeah. I just kept thinking like, wow, like this is, this is getting out of control. So one night, uh, I, I don't know, I think it was some sports event was on. I said, you know what, we're just going to go to the bar and we're just going to have a good time. And it was one of the few times that there wasn't this intention of just, you know, getting annihilated and it did not turn out well for me. And uh, that was uh, April 23rd of 2011. And the next day, and that was like Easter Sunday weekend, and I saw my counselor at church and like, I think I was just like, I just reached that point. It was one of my many spiritual awakenings. And that, that was the first one. I was like, you know what? Like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I have tried so much to just go and to have a good time and to figure out what that meant. And I'm puking and I'm crying and I'm being thrown in front of my parents' house. And like, they're upset and I'm upset and all this stuff. And I said, you know what? Like, I, I need I need help. And... I have not had a drink since then because of the help and the work required to do that. My, um, my current sponsor said once in a meeting that, and I I talk about this a lot. He said, you know, recovery isn't for people who want it. It's not for people who need it. It's for people who work it. And like, I was just like, I was like, I was upset, like hearing that. And I was like, cause you so many people want this and so many people need it. But like, that's so true. Like if you're not willing to put in the effort, if you're not going to put the work in, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And it's not easy. And like, 
my recovery journey to me is way, way more important than any day before, right? Right. <laughs> any day before. And I, I was, you know, again, sober at 21. I, I did well at my job. I, I went to meetings and it was in the very much of like, hey, kids, sit down, shut up, right? Like I found myself in this van full of like other dudes in the program headed to some lead meeting and like this guy's like hey you know where are you from you know like you know hey kid hey kid yeah seriously i'm a kid man i'm a kid like if i had to grow up now and like this time like i i wouldn't be here i'd be i'd be i'd be dead man like there wasn't there wasn't the amount of of drugs oh yeah then um 10 15 years ago uh i would i would definitely i wouldn't have a chance right now and i i really believe that and like it it's it's really it's encouraging to see the amount of young people now in in the rooms of of recovery it's trending it is yeah. um but it's also a really really sad thing well, indication at, at, yeah at, at the same point and mm-hmm. so you know you're never you're never too young to start this journey that's Man. that's that's the truth and um so anyway i tell this guy like oh, i'm a fireman and he's like laughing at me and he unbuttoned he had like this shirt on he unbuttoned his shirt and pulled it over and oh, shirt, hey. no, i had a shirt on underneath <laughs> yeah but it had like the the, the the cross of like the fireman's cross and he okay. was yeah me too and i was like oh shit right no shit and so he's no. like all right so what you're gonna do is you're gonna shut up <laughs> no one wants to hear from you for a year and you're just gonna go to meetings oh you're day like, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh, oh okay no problem because i don't want to talk to anybody anyway and I did that and like, you know, these group of men and these men's groups I was in like hounded me to get a sponsor and go to 90 and 90. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. Right? <laughs> I'm a fireman. I work 24 hour shifts. Like I'm not going to meetings. There was no Zoom. There wasn't any of that. Right. Don't you know who I think I am? Yeah, don't you know? Right. I think I'm someone very important. And I'm right. And I'm not, I'm not going to get a sponsor. I'm not going to talk to you. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> Until man, like they just broke me down. Like, yeah, and, and, and it took me a year, but I got a sponsor uh, and it was great. And I, I worked, I worked the program, um, a couple years in, I got injured at, at, the, at, at work. I was carrying a guy out of a house and, you know, tore my shoulder and my trap and bicep and nerve injury. And he was and like also. a really small guy though, wasn't he? Like 50, 60 pounds. Well, so, no. So, well, well, here's, here's a backstory, right? Cause like I got sober and like I started working out, right? Yeah, okay. like, I was like, Oh, look at how healthy I am. Right. right, right. Oh, we do this now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, that meant like, Oh, look at how healthy I am. I'm going to do steroids. Right. Oh, like yeah. I'm going to do a bodybuilding show because like I'm an addict. Like it doesn't right. matter. There's always more. There's always, it's always bigger, faster, stronger. And so I'm I'm sober, right? right like right. doing steroids. Right. Like look at how look at how healthy I am. Right. You know, tuning up the carcass is, is what you <laughs> know, is what it is. Yeah, it is. Just tuning up tuning up the meat suit. The flesh suit. Oh. Yeah, it is. And and so, you know, I got I was really strong and you know, I, I lifted this guy up and I was too big for my, you know, my my structure and ligaments and tore a lot of stuff and had a big time surgery. Um and you know, like the the guys in the program taught me number one how to how to deal with like physical pain and like how to responsibly take pain medication because like I had to be on it because I had a pretty major operation and I was off work for a year. But I remember in those moments, like move out of my house and I was, had a roommate and like my house wasn't my not a single firefighter came into that house to like help me out, but my house was filled with dudes from from the program every single day. And they were loving me in this way that like I didn't know, I didn't know what was possible. Um, 
and they they showed me they showed me that. So I was off work for like forever. It felt like and yeah. <clears throat> I was just this young guy, and I, I actually met my wife during that time. Oh, okay. So I was just going to meetings, just doing whatever. Like yeah. I didn't have to, I couldn't work. You could barely move my arms with physical therapy and meetings, meetings, meetings. Right. <clears throat> Again, another another spiritual awakening though is that like wow, like I might not be able to go back to this this job and this career. Like that's scary. Like I was twenty three years old. Like I don't I didn't want to do anything else. Been doing it so long. You know? Yeah, but no, I just I didn't. I wasn't set yeah, up for oh. anything else in my life. Right. And I remember my wife. My wife now is like, she says, you like, you have a job, right? Like you actually work. So I was on unemployment, just like, you know, just living, man. It was fun going to meetings and, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I did my physical therapy and I, I went back to work and, uh, it was, it was great. We got married, um, and I moved down here to Medina and like, very, very shortly after, you know, we were pregnant with my daughter Piper, and I was a stepdad to Jacob, and so I did all of those things, right? Number one, I moved away from my recovery support network. Mm-hmm. I got married. I became a homeowner. I became a stepfather, and then we were we were pregnant with with Piper within that within that same amount of time. And as the icing on the cake, I got my dream job. And I was offered a spot at Metro Life Flight as a for to be a flight paramedic. Wow! And I was like, I have arrived. Cream right? de la cream, huh? Like this is it, <laughs> right? I'm peaking right now. <clears throat> I got it. I have the white picket fence. I've got the the smoking hot wife. Right. I've got the kids. We had a dog. Like this is great. And my mm. wife was like, just starting into the nonprofit recovery space mm. and um i was just starting out of like just gave up on the program right like i treated the rewards that this program uh brings us as they were like 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 i just found them along the way right like there was no work or energy or effort and like i see that happen so often now in this space of like we get a little bit back and then it's just like, oh, I'm good, right? Like, Time to walk away. Like I, I met my short-term goals, right? And I remember like I did set goals like when I originally got, when I first got sober and like I sold myself short like within the first five oh. five years. They, they say if you, if you try to guess what's going to happen to you or what you're going to get back um, in the first year of recovery, you're going to short yourself for sure. Right, and so everyone you know, does I that. hold on to that now just knowing like, like, I'm not even writing anything down anymore because like it's just going to keep getting better and better and like each year is just better and better for me but in this moment like I just started working we were working these shifts and doing this swing rotation day nights and all this stuff and my wife opened up Robbie's recovery center and and all that stuff and I was so resentful of all of that like I was like screw this nonprofit. I don't understand it. Like, why are you working all the time? She just like, sounds selfish. <clears throat> yes. Totally selfish. Giving all of your I can time, see it, dude. Giving totally. all your time to everybody else. And what about me? And like, you know, I just had a conversation the other day. Like people didn't even know, like I was in recovery or that mm. I was even sober. Like I showed up to pick up the kids and like, that was it. Yeah. And like, there were amazing things happening then in, in Medina and there was a lot of work and there was a huge opportunity for me to like help out. And I, I blew it, man. I, I totally, I didn't even show up. And there was a time that, you know, she asked me, she goes, are you like, are you, do you like go to meetings? And I was like, rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> I go to meetings and like, you know, I, I was, people there all the time. went to a couple a year. 
Oh. Right. <laughs> and, and first one for or last one in first one out type mm. of stuff. And I remember she asked me one time, she goes, do you have, do you have any friends? And, and she told me like a couple of years ago, like how hard that was to ask your husband, like if yeah. he had any friends. Oh, yeah. I, I did not. Yeah, because you're probably all up her ass. I had dudes like that I worked with, mm. but that was it. Yes. Um, and so I'm this I'm this new dad. I'm I'm doing all these crazy shifts, and you know life life happens regardless of of, of what we do. Like we can't we cannot control that. And <clears throat> there was this there was this moment. Um, it was in the spring, and uh, there was a bad wreck on the turnpike and. When we had some downtime, we would help out in the ER at Metro and, you know, level one trauma center and all this stuff. And so you got to see all sorts of, of horrors that, you know, Cuyahoga County and surrounding areas yeah, has to offer. And there is this, uh, there is this wreck and, uh, you know, they brought this little boy in from it and he was, he was okay. He was talking to all my sisters were still sleeping mm. in the car and it was a semi versus a car. And I got a call like, Hey, like they need help out in the ambulance bay the firemen need need some assistance so i went out there and i opened up the back doors and there were there were two bodies in the back of the ambulance and and this one guy was just like white as a ghost like shook right and like we don't normally see that too much especially from experienced career you know firemen yeah people have seen a lot right and like that certainly was never me right (laughs) (laughs) and so you know, there are these two two little girls, and and they were dead, sure. and uh, you know, there wasn't there wasn't anything. They just they just took them out of the other car to, to be with the rest of the family who was in the in the wreck, and um, I was somehow tasked with like helping like clean that up and like get them presentable and whatever. And it was like something that I was like not really prepared for because like I've seen like I've seen a lot of things like that, and like that was my job and like, I don't want to sound callous to that, but like, that's what my job was is like, and and sometimes there's children involved and it's a horrible, horrible thing. But when you show up in that space and like, you can't do anything, like it's already over. Like, I don't know, man. And I, and, and I had no foundation to stand on either. I remember my partner who was with me, like she left and you know, she was crying and like, it was a night shift and it was like 5 a.m. and I'm here and these girls are dead, man. And just like, that was it. That was it for me. I, I went home. I couldn't sleep. I had to call off work. And like, it was such a horrible time, like wrestling with, I don't want to call it PTSD, but it was some sort of traumatic response to, to what I saw. Um, and, you know, when you call off work in a space like that, they make you go to counseling. And I was like, oh, sweet. Again. Again, right. yeah. Here I'm already there. Here we go. No, right. And I, and I wasn't even there. I really wasn't. Oh, you stepped away from that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I was oh, not doing okay. anything, man. Okay. I was not I was not doing anything. I was just, like, reaping the benefits of the program. and Drive by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and went and talked to this counselor dude at, at work. And, you know, I told him I was in the program and I was an alcoholic, blah, blah, blah. And he asked me, so how how many meetings you going to? I was like, oh, come on. Here's this question again. Here we go. Get off my back. I was like, none. And I was, I got honest though. Like I had to, yeah. I had to get, you have to get honest with someone. Like yeah. someone's got to know everything. And I'm, right. I'm a firm believer in that even today. Like yeah. you got to have people in your life that, that know everything. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, he's like, you should probably go. I was like, yeah, I probably should. <laughs> and I did, man. I went to this newcomers meeting, like right across the street from my house. And, 
And I was like, but you've been sober for a while, but you still oh, went to yeah. a newcomer's meeting oh, as a yeah. newcomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, and and I, there was this guy, and I was like, all right, I know what I got to do. Like, I have to, I've talked to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I grabbed this guy after the meeting, we're talking, and I was like, dude, I'm a flight paramedic, and these girls, and they died, and like, I'm screwed up over mm-hmm. this, and like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, my life is, is a wreck. He goes, man, he goes, wow, how many months, like, how many months are you sober, dude? And I was like, uh, like four years. <laughs> And he looked at me and he goes, four years? He goes, you look like shit, right? And well, thanks. Yeah, and it was, yeah. Hey, what do you I, say to that? I never get sick of hearing that part. No. <laughs> and you know what? It was one of those moments it was like exactly what I needed to hear. It wasn't nice. It wasn't gentle, but it was exactly what yeah. I needed. And I was kind of drugged back into this, like kicking and, and screaming a little bit. And um, he goes, you look like shit. Um, but, but like, I'm, here's my number. Right. (laughs) And like, you need help. And like, I'm, I'm here whenever. And so I started going to meetings and he was there a lot. And there's this other guy that was there and I I had to ask someone to be my sponsor again. And like, it was, it was super awkward because I was like, you know, I already did my fourth step and fifth Mm -hmm. and then you kind of like through six and seven and (laughs) just hung out there. And then I wasn't that bad to begin with. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't that, I wasn't that bad. I was only starting IVs on myself. (laughs) I probably didn't even need it. (laughs) Yeah, don't be right. And, um, and to do that and that, that guy who sponsored me said, you know what, you need to call, you need to call three other alcoholics a day and me and your wife don't, don't count. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'd like, Three right. guys. What? Do some work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got these numbers, and there's this meeting out here. There's like 60 dudes that go to it. It's Thursday night men's. It's a huge men's meeting. And mm-hmm. you go around, and you shake your hand, they, everyone's hand, and blah, blah, blah. And like, no one knew who I was at all. And I popped in there a couple of times right. over the course of however long it was. And um, yeah, I started to go, and people started to learn my name, and I started to, to work work the phone a little bit more and, and, and do those things and, and built myself back up. You know, I, uh, I got a new job, uh, flying in central Ohio and full in a helicopter. Uh, I didn't fly too much for Metro. We were, we were in a ground unit most of the time. So I, I wanted to fly. And so we were flying in central Ohio and a new companies kind of started up the operations there. And, you know, it was just, it was different. You know, I, I had this program. I, I had like an hour and a half drive to work and I like called people all the time. We talked and talked like it was, it was really, really good, man. Like I had this really, really strong support system. Um, and you know, started to get some friends again and you know, guys like Randy, you know, and like just, just really worked at it and, and worked the steps and, and finished them out and, started sponsoring guys and just doing doing all the stuff and um you know january 29th 2019 like life life happened again man and uh i was on shift i was on a i was on a 48 hour shift i was about to go on vacation so i stacked stacked my days and um i finished the first part of it so 24 hours in and woke up the morning you actually get to sleep there you know woke up woke up that next morning and they were uh you know the the pilot was like hey just want to let you know like we're we're grounded right now they can't they can't find our our other helicopter and the one nurse is like you know freaking out and she's like they can't find them where are they where are they I was like it's it's fine like these these gps systems are screwy and like whatever like they're 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 okay like just chill out you know like it's fine and randy 
Randy, my wife, and like the entire board of directors of Hope Recovery was in Columbus that day mm-hmm. to go to the the the, the Capitol, right? Yeah, to, do to go some, to the state, yeah. state house. Wow. So they Big came. Wings. They came for like a tour. Oh. Um, because it's like we're on the way. It was right outside Columbus. Like yeah, into your work. Helicopter. Yeah. Like hey, like come see the helicopter. I remember calling my wife. It's like hey, like don't freak out or anything, but like, you know, they can't find like our other helicopter. And like our other helicopters, like I should say, like twenty minutes away. Yeah. I just saw those those guys the night before. Like right. it was totally fine though. Um, and like they came and saw the base and and met everybody. And it's just kind of this weird thing. And I got the phone call that uh, that there was a crash and that there weren't any survivors. And um, you know it was uh, just uh, another experience of awakening uh, for me. And it was this time of like you know what life life happened again uh, but but I was different right because I remember like I, I went in and I worked this program and I picked up the phone right away and we went through all the all the debriefing stuff and and, and did all of those things and like I was I was one of the last people to see them alive just the night before and I was supposed to work a shift when I got back from vacation like a week later like at that at that base and so it was just this huge this huge moment um for me in in my recovery and you know i remember going back to that that men's meeting and just like just like crying you know and just like man like this is what's going on and it was all over the news and it was it was all sort of that stuff and uh you know the the guys in this in this program like just loved me in that moment and in just the way that like i exactly needed it mm-hmm. and like you cannot you can't describe that, right? Because we get in the way so much of what we think we need and what we want everyone to say and all this stuff. And like, I don't know, when you just really just let yourself go and just give yourself and, and dissolve in, like, it's it's going to be okay. And uh, I went on vacation with my family, like, right after, and, and it was tough. I actually, yeah. had, I had to miss the funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went down, to, went down to Florida, which was just a really, it was a really good time to go. And, and to get away, get away yeah, I probably needed it, yeah, and to try and process through all that stuff, and yeah. then, wow. and then to know like, I have to go back to work, there. like right. we have to wow. figure out like, three people just died at this job, and like I have to go do that job now, wow. and um, you know there was a very there's I think my spiritual journey really started then because like I really had some, some pretty massive questions and like things were short-circuiting in in my brain and um you know I had I had a a concept of a higher power through most of it you know there was one that was you know given to me through my childhood and a higher power of my family and and all that but really to find one of my own um that's where that that's where that started Mm -hmm. and I really got into like yoga and and meditation in that time because like I I did not know like nothing else was working for me um except like to figure out like how to meditate and I remember like listening to the Headspace app and I was really big into Russell Brand already and like doing all that stuff and he had uh, the the um, founder of Headspace the app who was a Buddhist monk and like (laughs) So I was like already in just kind of dabbling and I was really into running and all that stuff. So I like had like the structures there. Um, but then I, I needed it because I, I needed to find some like some like peace or something. Um, 
and got into that and you know just continued to, to work this program figured out how to get back to work and all that stuff and it was on that on the drive home from vacation they asked if I wanted to to volunteer at at Kathy's house uh, Kathy's oh, house really? was, yeah Kathy's house was undergoing wow. some some changes and they decided to get certified by the state and they needed help like building like policies and procedures and to be ORH certified. And I was like, yeah, I know some things about policy and procedure. I like study books of these all day. Like that's all I really know how to do. And that grew and grew and grew and grew. And, and, and I became the executive director and was like juggling both of these worlds, like, Mm. you know, flying and then, and then working here and, and doing that. And we ended up, we ended up getting laid off. Uh, from the flight, the flight stuff, just the company never politically uh, recovered from it. Right. Um, there was a big NTSB report, and I'm, I'm not here to talk about that, but right. it was not. It was not. <laughs> no, yeah. please do. It sounds <laughs> no, amazing. No, it wasn't good. Uh, and uh, so I was working part time, and we, we were open up, opening up another house for, for Kathy's house, part time at the fire station, and, and just kind of in both of these worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, until I had to make a decision and like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I can't. Your, your father-in-law hit me with this analogy one time. That's great. Like when you're standing on the boat dock and you have one foot on the boat. Yeah. And it's like, am I going to step off the dock? Because eventually you have to. Right. Or am I going to get on the boat? Yeah, you, you, you do. You have to, cause you're just going to, You'll you can only do the splits for so long, right? <laughs> oh, yes, it's it's gonna, it hurts. It's, yeah, it's going to, and <laughs> and so I had to make that decision, and I just recently. I mean, I say recently, it feels like yesterday, but it was, it was like, a couple days ago. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of days ago in August, uh, <laughs> I worked my last day at the fire station. Oh, I didn't know it was that fresh. Wow. And uh, yeah, and that that's tough because, like I said, like that's the only thing I've ever been trained in and doing is like that, and like. It just got to the point though where I was like, you know what, I was done. Like once the flying, once the flying gig was up, it was like there's nothing. There that, was, no- that was a peak. It was, yeah. yeah. And there's nothing else. There's nothing else for me here. Everything else is pretty, pretty boring. Even the flying stuff got kind of boring at times. You and it's do just it every like, day, right? You do it right. You do it every day, and like, I remember seeing things that people were like, oh my god, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I got to Tuesday. Uh... To think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. And it, and once I hit that, I was like, wow, man. Like, I think I like. I got so invested in like the, what it, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like this indoctrination of like, this is what, this is what you do. Like, this is a calling. Like this is, it becomes your identity. Totally. It was my identity. So what was being in the, in the fireman? In the fi- yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing okay. that and flying and, yeah, and all, yeah. all of those things in the mm-hmm. MS. It's a wonderful career. And I had a, I had a great time and I met like, the best people in the world. And like, that's what I miss the most are the guys at the fire station. I don't the remember, camaraderie. I don't remember being a firefighter though. So maybe like the second <laughs> right, or third right. best Probably people Probably the best the people in the world, but definitely up <laughs> there in the top. Yeah, uh... next to you guys, <laughs> well, right. it was the best people in the world. Wow, we'll have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, edit, all of a sudden, yeah. Edit, Scrub. Edit that. Um, and uh, yeah, but the identity part. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, man, like, I still have a badge in my wallet. Like I haven't gotten rid of it yet. Like I need to. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would there's love a to spiritual that. piece to that too. Like w- choosing to walk away from this thing that's your identity with the knowledge that everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's. I think you get that from the program, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
and I and I think it was like this knowledge of like I think everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Like I wasn't yeah, entirely convinced, and like so, you know, hope recovery just took off, and it's just a it's just a beautiful thing, and mm-hmm. like I, I I get to I get to help my wife with that now, and like that's like my my amends from the past of just like not even showing up at the last stealing endeavor the program. Yeah, yeah. Stealing from the program, all my <laughs> resentments, just showing up to pick up the kids and stuff. And so now I, I was doing a lot of that. And like, here I am now in the nonprofit recovery housing space. And like, I say this a lot, like I would pick the helicopter landing on the highway most days mm-hmm. because this job is like way harder and way more stressful than that ever was. Like that stuff for me is like easy. Like I think of it in my head. Like it's just, we, we land and you see this and you got this person and it's just like, you do this, 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 Oh, that doesn't work. Do this, this, this in, in this space though, it's like meeting people where they're at is our mission, right? Like we want, we want to support people so much on the front end Mm -hmm. that, that we don't really have massive issues develop, you know, and, and, all you got to do is ask people if they're okay and like have some accountability and opportunity and, and momentum to keep it all going. And like, that is really, really challenging because we have 28 beds in our program now. And like, that's a lot of moving pieces. And so, um, for, it's not, it's not any easier. It's not easy at all, but it's like super rewarding. Cause like these guys here and like my staff here, like, this is like a family, right? Mm-hmm. And what we got at Hope and like all yeah. this stuff is just like, this is just so cool. <laughs> Genuine. It is. Yeah. It is. And like, I like, I don't know, it's like all the, the flying and the firefighting stuff, like it feels like it's just a dream now. Almost. When you talk about it, it, it in my mind feels like five to ten years ago and I didn't even know you ten years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah, it, it does. And like we've experienced a whole lot of growth like in the last eight months here so it, it seems like it's yeah a decade what fire uh, house did you work at around here or still down in mid-ohio no no it was around here oh, okay. yeah we were just right right outside of akron yeah um just part-time there yeah it's a wonderful place man it was it was really great it was the best fire department i've ever been around because i've been around a couple couple different ones oh shade at them shade at no, them. no no <laughs> i ended with a really really great group of guys and like you know a lot of that's like a lot of them are like what what are you doing, man? Like you're 31 years old. Like, why are you like not doing this anymore? Like, how'd you retire already? Right. People, you know, and some of them said like, like, dude, like you're really good at this. Like what? Why? I was like, you know, I'm just not in it anymore. And there's that culture of identity though. Yeah. I I, I didn't, I I didn't, I, I was losing, I was having a break from that. The identity piece of it and like I knew like my heart wasn't in it and like and that's not a job you can kind of be in it no and that's something that I believe in that's like a core belief of like to do that like you need to you need to be 100% like yeah whatever you'd have off days or whatever but like you need to at least like enjoy it and I loved everything that happened like in the firehouse and everything that happened outside like it just wasn't interested anymore and I was way way too young to be in having that attitude. <laughs> I'm interested in life. <laughs> yeah. And like the thing was, is like, I'm just not, I absolutely did not want to drag anybody else down. And like, there was a lot like, Oh, I got to teach some classes and do all this. And my instructor cards and I got to teach man, like 
I've taught hundreds of, of paramedic students in my, in my career. And like, I, I started a, one of the first paramedic schools in the Dominican Republic. Like I got to teach at the first medic school, the first wow. group of paramedics ever in that country. Like That's I've done some really cool stuff. Before you were 30 years old. Yes. That's crazy. And so I realized, like I look back on that, I was like, you know what? Like, Good career. That's pretty good. Right. Like 13 years, I'm okay. Wait till the next 13 years. Yeah. I, I'm okay. Like, it's good. And like, I fell into this recovery stuff, man. And I absolutely love it. Like, this is so, every, every day is different. Like, there's, yeah. there's so many moving pieces. And I get, to, I get to come here now in the mornings and like have coffee with the guys and just hear like what's going on in their <laughs> right. life. It's, it's, it's awesome. It really, yeah. it's really awesome. I love it. As, as like someone who's sort of, got to participate in a lot of those transitions um you know all those accomplishments that you've had and in that high level of success in that i've seen you bring that here though you know i've seen this place transform from something that was great to begin with to something that's i mean it's magical thank you i think the i think the thing is is like we just and in recovery, like we just need to get like real, right? We just need to be, we need to be honest. And we need to meet people where they're at. And like for me and in, in my belief system now, I know we, we would laugh and, and joke a lot about it off, off air or whatever this is. <laughs> but like all I know is that I'm not in a position to tell anyone else that they're wrong. 100%. That's mm, it. That's all yeah. I know. And, and, and so like there's, there's a way that I've been like working on this. And like if someone wants to like, you know, ask me how I did that, then sure, I'm so more than willing to show you, but like, I'm not going to tell you like, you're wrong. You know, like I've had, I've had people that have had higher powers that are like trees or whatever. Like, and it, for me, just like the, that, that second step is like, it doesn't matter. Like whether it's the tree or if it's Count Chocula or, <laughs> or, you know, if you have to stand on your head and, and recite the Hanuman Chalisa or do any of these things, like, <laughs> you know, whether you're praying to Jesus or Allah or meditating or whatever, like as long as it's working for you, as long as it grounds you and brings you peace and serenity and, and that calm sense, like good, like, okay, like check. Right. Right. Cause it's not about you anymore. And then like the third step, like for me, it's just simply like, you know, God of our understanding and all this stuff. And like so many people like, want to get into that right and like we could spend another like three hours talking about that right. with me and we're not going to i right. promised myself we're not <laughs> we've already done that off air no yeah we have <laughs> but the thing is is like it's just it's 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 irrelevant well it's yeah. admit you're powerless you find something that is bigger than you that you can tap into that works mm-hmm. and and you can still have whatever belief system you want and like have other higher powers that's what i totally believe like yeah if you if you're a Christian, like you can still believe in Jesus and and God and salvation and all that stuff, and have a higher power that's a little bit different yeah. that you're accessing, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot we have to re- realize. There's a lot of higher powers out there. There's a yeah. tons. Right? Drug, alcohol, alcohol, drugs, say drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol are higher power right? for a so long time. Yeah. D- so if those are higher powers, like there's a ton of other shit out there, and like <laughs> tap into it. Step three is like let go or be dragged. That's it. That's yeah. your options. Yeah. You can talk about God of your understanding and do all that stuff, right, but it's like. Right. If you're not going to let go and trust that process, like you're going to be dragged because right. there's, there's no other option, yeah. right? Like it's it, it's moving. The it truck, will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The truck is moving. So Either you will, or it will. Right. So let's go. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So you did one, two, three. What about four? 
Well, four is tough, man. I mean, no, it's not that tough. You just got to, <laughs> just got to sit down. That's why do I it. just took me two, one. took me two sponsors. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> shows. No, <laughs> no, that's what's missing. Yeah, you know, and, and and for me, like, yes, I I come from a, a twelve step like philosophy, and yeah. and and so yes, we're we're talking about the steps now, which is great. Yeah. You know, the fourth step is important. You got you got to get that stuff out. Um, absolutely. It, it's it's imperative. Again, going back to what I said earlier, like you have to have somebody in your life that you are one hundred percent honest with. Yeah, all the time. Someone's got to know everything because if they don't, then you're gonna have person A knowing ninety percent, person B knowing a little bit different version. Purple, you know, person C doing this. this purple, purple, purple C. Purple C is a drink. Whatever. Comes back to drinking. They're gonna. You have to, you have to have that. You have you have to have those people in your life, whether that's your sponsor, your whatever you want to call it, mentor, support group, the whole story. Yes. Yeah, they have to ongoing. Right. Yeah. No. Continuous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not just for the big stuff. Right. <laughs> it, it, step five. You mean? Yeah. 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 It's not, <laughs> not just that. Yeah. It's outside of five because like right. six and seven are like oh, yeah. very separate for me. We, you know, the big book has them in like what two paragraphs or three paragraphs or something just kind of mushed together. And it's like, I felt like when I went through it the first time, it was this like kind of earnest angely of like, okay, you know, you're, you're an alcoholic, you're a higher power, blah, blah. Okay, boom, be healed, right? And like they hit you on the head and like, Whoa. right, there's your character defects and, and your shortcomings and whatever. And you just go on to like start making amends. But like, the character defects for me, like they're still there, man. Like always, they're not going to go away. And like, I had to re look at that and say like, you know what? Like there's word, the wording's different. Like there's character defects and know. there's shortcomings. shortcomings yeah. The shortcomings for me and my, my belief of this is like are a manifestation of character defects mm -hmm. of ones that are just unchecked, like a chemical chain reaction. And for me today, you know, we talked about this at my home group the other night. Like the character defects are still there. The first thoughts there, the resentment is still there. The anger is still there, but the shortcoming, like I have power over that today. Like I don't have to act off of this, these, these flawed character traits that I have. Right. I have to recognize like sometimes they're not going to go away. Right. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then if you do act out on them, you know, you got to make it right. Right. That's, that's what exactly. it's about, right? And, and I then, think today you don't have to live like that anymore. And I think it's, I've heard you say before, John, like at this point in our sobriety, just saying like you, you pull a gun on somebody on route 42 because he cut you off. Yeah. Well, but at least I didn't drink today. Yeah. Like that's no longer an acceptable I said not to say response. any like things that are going to get you into trouble, Randy. We're going to cut that out This now. is uh, a, <laughs> that was hypothetical. Oh, hypothetical, right. Yeah. Oh, right, right. No, seriously, there, there is yeah. a time. I mean, yeah, like your first, you know, early sobriety. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it's really great that you, that you went through this and you, and you didn't drink, but that, at right, some right. point, you have to stop saying that. Right. We have to set the bar a little higher. <laughs> yeah, right. We we have to. Okay, the desire's been lifted. You can't, yeah, you can't be three, right. five years sober. Well, you know, I didn't. I didn't feel like drinking. It's like, well, that's great, but you're a complete asshole, <laughs> right? Like, then I beat his ass. But yeah, you know what? I, I didn't did, drink that day. That's right. I stayed. <laughs> that's a win. I stayed sober, and that's what it's about, right? Progress. <laughs> progress, <laughs> not perfection. It's like, yeah, but oh, we have well, to. We have mm. to progress a little bit, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, it is funny and we can joke about it, but there's times in my recovery early on where that was an amazing feat not yeah, to drink no, that no. day. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's cool absolutely. though. It's a great progress, yeah. It is. Um, but, but I feel like sometimes it could just be like this this excuse of like, yeah. well, I mean, oh, you know, character, de- out, yeah. character defects, you know, oh, I'm still oh. working on them. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, but like, at some point, like you, yeah, you don't have to steal steaks from Giant Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm working on it. I'm, I'm cutting down. Right, <laughs> done in like two weeks. It's, uh, it's fine. Yeah, <clears throat> we're working on and, it. And that's four step on it. And, right, and that's that part of the program. It's oh like, well, like we 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 continue on. Like, yeah. there's only one step that specifically mentions any substance. It's the first one, and then the other eleven have to do with the person that that has left behind. And that is what we are responsible for right now. No. It's us. Us, yeah. Us. I never heard that. That's great. The next 11 steps. Um, Yeah, you can tell that you have step work in your life. It's pretty evident. Um, I hear you talk about sponsors, uh, sponsees, which we talked about that before, and then a home group. So um, you know from talking with John that he knows the the keys to success, you know. Um, The... The thing I heard that stuck out from you was um, when you were praying, you pray, like, you know, I don't know who you were praying to back then. It might have been God or whatever. It doesn't really matter. You're you're begging for someone to not let you die and that you would, you swear, you'll never drink again. <laughs> swear. Yes. Did you go back and drink again? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that yeah. so insane, dude, yeah. that we were on our knees I mean, wishing. Poor weather. I'm a poor weather prayer or whatever. Like, oh, life is absolutely miserable. I better, better well, find something. Throw something. Yeah. Well, that was back then. I don't, I'm, different belief system now. Different now. But, yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, the step work, I mean, step work is great. And like, there, I just, I believe like there are other things to that. Like, a large part of my program is running and like yoga and meditation. Like, I am here. Like, yeah, I ran a couple miles this morning, but like, I really am, am, I, I flow through that like there's there's peaks and valleys but mm-hmm. I know it works for me right yeah, yeah. and like there's no way of saying like oh yeah I sit here and meditate for hours and hours a week it's like no not at all but I know it really works for me and if <laughs> right, I right, did right. you'll probably see a difference <laughs> right right yeah that's funny um, if it works for you yeah, meditating hours a week that works for you great yeah if um, that's what you gotta do but it, it's necessary I think to meditate sometimes yeah you stop gotta, take a listen you know? I, I think it's like it's like deforestation right like meditation for me is I'm, I'm standing in this in this giant like this forest and the trees are like have you ever been like in the middle of like this really thick right and you meditate and this is like you're you you start to like hack away at just this little circle around you and the more you do it the bigger the circle gets and like then you're standing like the forest is still there you can open your eyes and see it at any time but you just start to create some some space for yourself unfortunately for people like me we go like all in and then we like kind of fall back and then go all in like all the, the trees kind of grow back right and so we have to keep up we have to keep up on it and, and do some well some there's no sense in clearing these trees they just keep coming back <laughs> but no yeah. sense doing it all the time just do it once every other so often yeah, yeah? That's just fine, clean them all yeah. out and then let them grow back yeah that's how I work too yeah <clears throat> it's a little bit about recovery people in recovery we're not perfect we're getting better right yeah oh yeah um yeah. <clears throat> but that yeah that really stuck out to me also um the recovery isn't for those who want it need it but who work oh it. no totally you can holy crap that's you good. can yeah. and I, it really like pissed me off hearing it for the first time i was like what do you mean and i was like, like I, you're saying you know, i don't want it you could <laughs> I don't want need it you could want this until you are you know 
until you're going to die, right? You could need it that desperately. Like people could want it for you, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your friends. Like we could all want it for someone. We, we've said that all, man. Oh, man. Like really, we'll hope this guy, right. we'll hope this guy does it, right? You can want it all you want. You can need it until you're about to, until you're on death's door. But if you're not willing to put the work in, it's not, it's, it's not for people who want it. It's not for people who need it. It's for people who work it. Yeah, that's, that's it. genius. Yeah, because we've all wanted it. I mean, I, me personally, I remember not wanting to get high so bad um, on the way to go get high and like crying about it. Like you yeah. don't understand it. You know, back then I didn't understand it. Now I completely understand it. You know, well, it's, like, disease. it's like the, for anything though, like I want to be able to run a, a half marathon, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, I want to have to if train I'm, for that. Huh? If I'm going to run a race, like I need to be able to, to do that. But if I'm not going to start chipping away and like get out there and just run 13 miles off the wind get on the pavement. Right. And this, it's, it's the same thing that applies. And like, also, some people get like really discouraged. Oh, it's all this work, blah, blah. It's like, well, the alternative is to, to keep going the path that you're on. And that's likely not going to go well. Right. You know, from this guy here, like I'm not, there's no jails or institutions that does. That's not part of my future. It's straight to the grave. I was going to say, yeah. That's where I'm at. And that's where I left off. And my, you know, all oh, my addictions doing, doing pushups out there. It's like, no, mine's on steroids, you know. Training for a bodybuilding show. The second I stop with the sniper rifle, with the sniper, yeah, the, the bazooka, you know, ready to go. It's like not. It's it's gonna. It's way worse than what I left it. Yeah, progressive. They say it's true. Yeah, we have the science to back that up. Like yeah, we, right. it's it's not just doing some push-ups. It's like right, no, it's, it's ready to go. It's always there. It's progressive. It's fatal. It's family disease, right? Yeah, and even recovery. Recovery affects your family, and yeah. so does your disease when you're active, for for sure. That's yeah. the sad part about it. Um, one thing you mentioned, which, which I think is important too, um, and I've had another guest on the show, John, talk about his surgery and then how he had to get put on meds. And a lot of people don't like to talk about that in the rooms or in recovery because it's kind of a no-no. You know, is it a relapse? Is it not a relapse? Oh, is it a free lapse? You know, but it. Um, it's important because it's real life. Like life happens. People have surgeries where you have to have painkillers, right? Yeah, like yeah. back surgery, shoulder surgery, stuff like that. Like you have to, right. uh, but there's a healthy way to do it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and for real, we really don't know how to do that because we've never done it in a healthy way before. Right. So it's really important. I think to talk about it um, with your support group sponsor, uh, doctor, let your you know, doctors know that you're in recovery or whatever. Um, so what do you do? Just whatever the amount is they say to take. You double, double it. That. <laughs> no. Double it with a beer. <laughs> Well, because it helps it get rid of the pain, right. and that's what you're in. No, but you brought up a good point, and like I see recovery moving in this. Like, there's this new, I don't know, modern. There's a modern, yeah. There's a modern progressive like recovery movement, and it's it's a little bit more freeing uh, than and, and, and you know you hear oh you can't take. I've heard guys like you can't be on medication. It's like right. well, that's not super. I'm clinically depressed, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Like it's like you're just depressed because you're an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read the read read right, more. Read. Sounds read. like you need to go back in your step work. Yeah, sounds like you're failing on your steps. Right. It's like, oh, well, or I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. Yeah, maybe. or there's science. Well, yeah. that's right. I, that's, <laughs> right. Then you talked about what your the culture you're trying to bring to Kathy's house now, and that's what I love so much about it is that modern progressive feel. I can remember being in meetings when I first got sober and having this feeling that if I wasn't doing it exactly like they were presenting it needed to be done, that I was failing, that right. I was doing it wrong and that I wasn't going to succeed. Right. 
Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I mean, that's a common misconception, but is it a misconception really? Because there's some places that are kind of like that. If it's not our way, it's the highway. And I think maybe that's a, more of an older mentality, like the newer progressive, like you said, is a little more open-minded. You know what I mean? There's new technology studies, experiences. I mean, I've seen a lot of things happen that I told was told wouldn't happen because of certain things. It's like, well, I do remember this one time. This guy was, you know, and he was fine. He worked a great program. So, right. um, yeah, it's good to see. It's good that you're, you know, you're in charge of some place that could be open-minded like that. Because this, you know, this place is huge for Medina and Medina County. Um, I think we just have to stop being so afraid. I think it comes from fear of like, oh, well, like if I, if, if, if I'd like to smart recovery or, or whatever, then I'm not, I'm not in like real because like what is real, real recovery? recovery real recovery and, and, and like aggressive it's recovery so fla- and it's just this fear and like I, I see a lot of like the very traditional like 12 step groups like just so against it but at the same time like look, look guys like let's be honest like 12 step programs been here for what 87 ish yeah. something years like right. it's not going away right. and like it's okay like we can, we can, we can sprinkle in some other stuff here. And right, like right. It's it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Our our people, our people, you know, off of the self destructive patterns that they were on. Right. That's it. Yes right. or no? Yeah. Is, is their life becoming manageable? Right. right. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. And what it's helping them. I mean, recovery plans um, are huge. You know, I, it worked for me. Like sticking to my recovery plan um, was huge. And if that involves other things besides 12 step meetings and groups then do it if it works keep doing it yeah if it doesn't work i don't know maybe change it go find right find find something else yeah absolutely yeah that's great advice um randy you got anything else to say before we wrap it up here no i had a really good time doing this dude this was awesome yeah, yeah. i um well we'll be back sometime i'm sure actually since you know a lot about the steps we do want to have like some episodes where we talk about just one step you know like each person do one step uh, Randy doesn't has never worked the steps. I don't think so. Just the first I don't one. Think, oh, the first one, right? So Just I don't think he could be on, one. but that's the only one you have to do perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. At least I didn't drink here. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we didn't drink here today. Kathy's <laughs> house. <laughs> as the place is burning down and people are running. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, no, it was a blast doing this, man. I really appreciate you telling your story. It's even better than I imagined. Um, and I heard pieces from Randy over the years, um, or a couple of years, whatever it's been, but, uh, really glad that I met you, man. You and your wife do some amazing things here. Um, and, and people, I, I mean, if they know you or even heard about your name, they know that what you guys are about and helping other people, you don't have to, you know what I mean? And it's pretty awesome um, to be a part of that because when, you know, some people in recovery, like they get that burning desire to help people that, um, it's passion, you know, like your passion changed. Like it was the, on the medic path and you start getting into this and you're like, man, my passion changed. You know what I mean? And you became, I mean, you're, you're excelling great. And I can't believe you're only 31. I've accomplished uh, all that stuff. So the next 13 years is going to be pretty amazing for sure. But thanks again for uh, being on dude. And you can catch us on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And the next episode will be out soon. Thanks guys. Thank you.